Churches in California, there are churches in California who are being threatened uh, by the government, who are being threatened with fines and contempt of court. Uh, this is happening in America. And they need to be in our prayers, that they would stand strong and be bold as they witness uh, to the word of God, and that they would render to God what is his. And, and we pray that for ourselves as well, that we would give to God what is his, and worship is his. Obeying the word is his. So this morning, I would like for all of us to stand for the reading of the word. And I'll be reading from a passage that is uh, where we get the idea of standing as we hear and read the scripture. This is from Nehemiah chapter 8. I'll be reading verses 1 through 8. And I'm going to, there's some really tough names to pronounce in a couple sections and there's a long list. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of skip around those. Uh, just to let you know, but 
<laughs> we'll be here all day if, if I'm uh, trying to pronounce all those. And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could understand what they heard, on the first day of the seventh month. And he read it, and he read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that they had made for the purpose. Down to verse 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And as he opened it, all the people stood. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua, Benai, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Masai, Kalita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, the Levites, helped the people to understand the law while the people remained in their places. They read from the book, from the law of God, clearly. And they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. Let's pray. God, would your word be revealed to us this morning as we hear from it and as we worship you? Lord, would we understand what your word says to us and may we uh, respond with worship, with hearts that uh, seek to know you in a deeper way. God, may our lives, our church, everything be founded upon your word. Uh, it is the truth. And Lord, we know that your word became flesh, that your word died on the cross for us, and that your word resurrected. So God, we give you praise and glory, and Lord, we pray for churches all around the country, all around the world. God, would we be unashamed in, el in everything we do, and may we do it for you and for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Zach. You know, Brother Zach is from Oolaga, Oklahoma. Now, if you're from Oolaga, Oklahoma, you can pronounce anything. <clears throat> I'm from Oklahoma, too. A lot of Native American names are towns and counties there. And literally, they're hard to, they're hard to pronounce, but uh, good job. Thank you, Zach, for reading scripture. We're going to have a great time of worship this morning, and I'm going to ask you to remain seated for the first two verses of Love Lifted Me. On verse 2, Janine is going to sing a solo, and then we'll stand on the last verse. Let's sing together, Love Lifted Me.
Let's go to our Savior in prayer. Holy Father, as we bow before you this morning, we remember that time when we first discovered your love. When you reached down to a young lost sinner and shared your love. How we praise you and how we thank you for that event and how that you have that love has not failed all through these years. And we give you the praise and the glory. We failed, but you haven't, Father. And we want to give you the praise and the glory. Thank you for each person that is here in person, those that may be viewing and listening in their homes today. And Father, there are those that have special needs of loved ones who are ill. Some are, Father, in the very throes of life. And we thank you, Father, that that love is available unto them and that you are concerned about them. There are those that in times of grief and sorrow and Father, we know that you are our comforter. And we pray, Lord, that they might sense your awareness of their special need and cry out unto you if they do not know you as Savior and Lord in repentance and faith. And if they know you, that they may praise you and thank you for all that you're doing for them. We thank you for your work here at Broadway, our pastor and families and staff. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to guide us. We ask, Father, today that as your word goes forth, that men and women, boys and girls, will come to know you as Savior and Lord, and that we might be faithful in sharing your word. Thank you, our Father, for Christians across this land and world that are standing in the midst of persecution. May your hand continue to strengthen and stabilize them. Holy Spirit, breathe afresh upon us this morning. We pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you know, um, I think leading music every other week, I'm getting rusty. <laughs> I, I do. I get some things confused once in a while. Janine's supposed to sing on the second verse, but not of that hymn. It's one coming up. <laughs> so, Janine, thank you for that off-the-cuff singing of verse 2 of Love Lifted Me. It was really nice. I, and she's still going to sing the next time, too. So, Anyway, you know, I'm so happy to have Dr. John Landon here this morning. He's, he's a member of our church. He joined Broadway right before the time we went to two services the first time, several years ago. Uh, he was pastoring and preaching at a, a local uh, thing, church, one of the churches, Christ Church Apartments. And our time schedule at that time fit real well. Then we went to two services. It kind of knocked him out of being able to come because the time conflicted. 
Now then, we're back in this schedule, so he's been coming to church again. That's kind of cool. We're glad to have you back. But anyway, uh, Dr. Landon has been a pastor in this area for many years. He's on the uh, faculty at UK, and a lot of things you can read about in the thing I put out on the email. But I served with him for five years as pastor of another local church here. Great guy. I've served with a lot of pastors who can sing, but never one who can play the organ except Dr. Landon. And he's going to play for us this morning. I know you're going to enjoy this. Dr. Landon, share with us, please. you'll not hear that anywhere else in town. Thank you, Dr. Landon, for that. All right, we're going to sing again. Remain seated. We'll stand in a few minutes. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. Thank you to the singers up here with me. I'm so
delighted this morning to have Janine and her daughter Hannah, and they have some children. Hannah, has, they're going to have uh, some children come and sing with them. So come on up, children, if you're going to sing here. We're ready to have some really nice music this morning. Hannah and Janine and some children. I'll let you introduce them. daughter Hannah and her children, my grandchildren, Noah. Say hi, Noah. And this is Juliana. We're going to sing, Thy Will Be Done.
Thank you. Thank you. resuming children's sermon today so if you are a child and you are here through about fifth grade or so now is your time to come run up the aisle and run up here on the stage so you want to sit on the ones that do not have the blue piece of tape so if you're a child now is your time to come on down for children's sermon we'll flip our tv on as well we've got a picture of eeyore we're going to talk about him David, I need one of the microphones. Okay, good. All right, we'll put our microphone right there. Okay, how's everybody doing today? We hide behind the TV. You know, that sometimes happens. Um, we're going to be reading a Bible verse, and we're going to talk about this donkey. And then we're going to get our candy here on the floor. Uh, so with that, but um, this here is a Bible, or this is a Bible verse. This here is a donkey. Who knows what donkey this is? I know it's hard to talk with your mask on. This is a donkey f called Eeyore. Eeyore was is on Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore, Eeyore came out in 1926. Who has actually actually seen Winnie the Pooh? Does anybody watch Winnie the Pooh anymore? Is it even on TV? One per Does anybody even know who Winnie the Pooh is? <laughs> Two people. Well, Winnie the Pooh might not be on Netflix or Amazon. Winnie the Pooh is on Disney Plus, and it's an old timey movie. And they still have a ride at Disney World, and there was a donkey named Eeyore. And Eeyore would lose his tail. His tail falls off. And is Eeyore, the, the one person that knows who Eeyore is, is Eeyore happy or sad? Esther? I think sad, because she doesn't know. She's never seen Eeyore. But you're right. Eeyore is very sad. He walks around with his head down he mopes, and he has an attitude of sadness, and just nothing's really going well in his life. And I think what's important for us is what we're about to read here. I'm going to read a Bible verse, and it's going to tell us that we are blessed. Do you know in the Bible, the word blessed can also mean the word happy. And because you are children of God, because the Lord loves you and Jesus died on the cross for you, we're commanded by Scripture and commanded by the Lord that we're not to live lives that are sad. We are to live lives that are happy. So why do we want to be happy? Anyone? Yes, ma'am. We do because Jesus lives inside of our heart and we're filled with joy. I want to read this Bible verse here. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they 
will see God. That's Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart. Jesus Christ saves us, and we are blessed. He has given us a pure heart. It's like innocent children. So what happens is we don't want to be like an Eeyore that we're running around sad all the time. We are excited and happy because Jesus lives in your heart. He lives in my heart. That's what it means to be saved. All right. I need a volunteer to read, or not to read, to close us in prayer. Who would like to close us in prayer? Our microphone is turned on. It's right here. So what we'll do is any volunteers? Anyone? You'll say a closing prayer. Girls, I know y'all can sing. Y'all held the microphone early. Y'all want to try to pray. Y'all could do it together. Here's our microphone. So y'all are going to take the microphone. What if you just do it? There we go. All right, let's close our eyes. And we're going to bow our heads. And we're going to have our, um, we're going to have our closing prayer. All right, let's close our eyes and bow our heads. God, thank you for bringing us to church Amen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And she even prayed for joy, which we were talking about. So, all right. I really appreciate y'all coming to Children's Sermon and learning about Eeyore today. So you'll want to go on down to the floor and pick up your piece of candy. And that's um, always, always exciting and encouraging to receive. So that we're so glad you're here at church again. You know, the past two weeks... We have not been meeting in person. We've been meeting online. And the reason why is because of the coronavirus. And we're going to lead us in a special time of prayer for that. Uh, the coronavirus, in many ways, I don't think it's really any better here in our city or state than when we shut down two weeks ago. It doesn't seem to be really um, uh, getting much better. In fact, we found out Sherry's grandmother, I'm going to lead us in a special time prayer for a couple of things here. Uh, Sherry's grandmother, she lives in Alabama, and Alabama is actually worse than here in Kentucky. She was diagnosed with the coronavirus on Friday, so, and um, she's in the hospital right now. There's possibility she might end up on a ventilator today, so it's not, she's not doing very good. She's 90 years old and in the high-risk category, but we will, her name's Miss, Miss Nell um, Earhart. Should know that, Miss Nell Earhart, and um, we will we'll pray for her. Someone else I want to lead us in a prayer for here in our church, Miss Phyllis Sally. Her son is not doing well at all. He's only thirty-nine years old. Uh, that's Ron and Phyllis Sally. He has um, a kidney infection. His kidneys aren't functioning. He has sepsis, and pneumonia, and he, he's a uh, Good Samaritan's Hospital, UK, his health is, uh, they've already called in the family. It's, it's pretty grave for him today. She sent me a message saying it's about the same. He's not really responsive very much. I mean, you've, just a young man. So that is uh, uh, the very sad for, for their family. We want to pray for a healing. We serve a great God. The God, God does certainly heal. 
and pray that the Lord is going to heal the Salif family as well as uh, his name is Ryan. He's married. His wife is Emily. That's their only child. So we want to definitely lift up Phyllis and Ron and their son, Ryan and Emily, for that. Something else, uh, we, uh, our deacons voted, as well as our staff this week, to have a reopening plan. And I know with the, really, it's, it's tough because folks want to get back. But the problem is, you know, the virus, it's still out there, as you all know. It's really not going anywhere. So as folks go back to school, as uh, I guess sports start back up, it's still a reality. And I think for us as Christians and, and church members, you have, to, you have to use wisdom. If you aren't comfortable coming back, maybe uh, September, we're aiming for September for a restart on Wednesday night on September 9th. And then on Sunday school, it'll be on September 13th. We will continue to have our services online. You are not pressured to show up. Don't feel, and I think it's any less of you. We're going to be emailing our Sunday school teachers this week. We used to have 22 Sunday, 23 Sunday school classes. We don't anticipate all of them at all because some of our classrooms are very small. So it will probably start back with half of our class classes resuming some might even continue to zoom on or continue to resume online with that but I do want to uh, encourage you to be in prayer about that we do hope the number of cases go down here in our community but I think here in Lexington we actually set a record this past week uh, so it's it seems to it's still very a real fear a real threat so we Anytime we come to church here, we want to wear a mask. We don't want to be that church that has an outbreak. So we want to wear a mask, practice our social distancing, and make sure it, this is a safe environment. Miss Sherry Lyons, this preschool will be resuming the day after uh, Labor Day, which is the 8th of September. That's a Tuesday. So we hope to have that uh, back very soon as well. Have Zach with the youth group. But we want to, uh, like Zach prayed about earlier, you know, in California, their governor is not allowing churches, has asked churches not to meet, period. And a lot of churches are continuing, wanting, obviously, to worship. You know, um, I believe worship is essential. God has created us to worship. And, but at the same time, we want to exercise wisdom and caution. So I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer here for Sherry's grandmother. We're going to pray for... Ryan Sally, for this young 39-year-old who's been to our church, who I've met, who you all have seen here many times, and also for the reopening. And really, uh, we need a vaccine for this because until there's a vaccine, this is just going to go week after week, month after month, and it's just a massive disruption, not just to church life, to schools. It's it's, it's, y'all, you all know this. So it's something that uh, we want to pray for the Lord to, to heal our land, to use this coronavirus to draw people to himself. Because uh, there's a lot of folks that they are just not going to come back out in public because of the reality of this coronavirus. So let's bow our heads and we'll have a special time of prayer for this. God, we come to you this morning as we resume meeting for the past couple, three weeks here. Lord, I especially pray for our nation that we are in the midst of just 
so much upheaval of uncertainty, of bickering, of uh, fear. Lord, it's just there's uh, death. Folks are still getting this virus. It's still spreading. It's still out there. Lord, we just pray for the doctors, the researchers, that they will find a vaccine, that there will be hope, there will be a healing. Lord, this will go away so that churches can certainly resume meeting, that our church next month is able to restart, that we have a safe environment. Lord, we pray for schools, we pray for sports, we just uh, jobs, uh, the economy, the election. Lord, that's just overwhelming, the uh, the, the, uh, the divide, the divisiveness. Lord, we pray that Christians call out to you and just are falling to our knees, just asking and begging for your presence in our nation and our, our world. That Lord, you use this pandemic to draw people to the cross. There's many people who are fighting for their lives right now. We pray for Miss Sherry Osmond's grandmother, Nell Earhart, who has been diagnosed with the coronavirus, whose health is not getting any better at all. We pray for her breathing, pray for her to be healed of this, pray for the other family members and the folks who were exposed with her. Lord, we just pray no one else in the Coleman family gets the COVID-19. We lift up Nell. Lord, we pray for Ron and Phyllis Sally, as their 39-year-old son is right now at Good Samaritan Hospital, fighting for his life with battling sepsis, having also breathing problems, pneumonia. Lord, we just pray for him as uh, Ryan and his wife Emily, just a young family, just have been this past week so sick. We lift them up. We pray for Phyllis as she's obviously upset. We know she would be here with us this morning. And I pray for this young man that you do a miracle in his life and heal him and draw him to yourself. You are the great physician. Lord, as Zach asked earlier, we pray for these churches out in California. They have been threatened with massive fines if they have in-person worship services. And Lord, we, our country was founded by the pilgrims in, in 1621 over the issue of religious liberty and all these churches and across our great country have to answer the question about do we meet in person or not lord you created us to worship you yet at the same time this virus is real and we want to be a church we want to be a people that are able to worship you yet also exercise caution i pray for our church's religious leaders here in Broadway. We pray for our deacon body, the staff, all the different committees that serve, that we just have to exercise Sunday school teachers' wisdom and prudency about um, being uh, socially distanced and wearing our mask and uh, the preschool. Lord, there's so many things going on that here at our church that we want to make sure we are cautious. Lord, I thank you for being able to come into your house here in August and worship you. Lord, we give you this service in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you are here this morning, I hope um, you received a bulletin. We do have bulletins for you. We make them so they're out there at the Welcome Center. If you don't want to stand up and get one, our bulletin now, you go to our church website. Everything is now online. We do. The bulletin is now online. We have an online connection card. You can actually get our, bullet, our connection card. So if you're a guest here and you don't want to actually uh, fill out a connection card, you can actually just do that on, online. So I hope someone on our Facebook is able to share the online bulletin.
the online connection card so you can learn more about our church and record your visit here with us. Join our weekly email list, email from me, as well as you can certainly give online. How do you give in this worship service? We have a black box out there, so when you exit, you can drop it in the offering plate, or you can certainly uh, fill out this connection card and uh, put it in there. So those three things, I hope for our online audience, are able to connect as well. Open your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. I'm beginning a sermon series this morning on the Sermon on the Mount. It's one where I believe that we need to know this message. It's Jesus' most famous sermon. And the title of this is Deeper because I believe that many of us, we have in many ways... We prayed and received Jesus in our heart. You're saved. Maybe up until March, you were practicing spiritual disciplines, attending Sunday school. You were coming on Wednesday night, and all of a sudden, this disruption has really forced your faith to become somewhat shallow. You're not in the in those routines. I live in a routine. You can actually, I do pretty much the same thing every day, every week. You could, I could tell you what I'm doing. If you tell me at Thursday at 12.15 or at Friday at 10.40 in the morning, I can almost by default tell you what I will be doing that day. I live by the calendar. I live by routines. One of the reasons why I have discovered your daily routine determines your spiritual growth, and basically your closeness with the Lord. And it's something that I want to encourage you, if you want to go deeper in your walk and your relationship with Jesus, it will be determined by your daily routine. It's not about hearing one good sermon. A one-hit wonder sermon is not going to bring you into a long-term, deep relationship with the Lord. It's every week practicing prayer, Bible study, worship, Sunday school. Next week, prayer, Bible study, worship, Sunday school. You get in that routine of daily having that spiritual discipline. You will watch yourself see answered prayer. You will grow closer to the Lord. And you will see witnessing and evangelism opportunities that the Lord will allow you, uh, work through you. And that's what we're going to see here. So I want you to turn in your Bibles. We're going to look at... Uh, two different places in Scripture. Because the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, is actually based on Psalm chapter 1. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5, and then we're going to flip back in a little bit, and we're going to see Psalm chapter 1. With that, any Joel Olstein fans? You know, a lot of times he comes under a lot of criticism, but do you know Joel Olstein preaches to more people in the United States than anyone else and you see him on TV as well as social media quite a bit. But Joel Osteen, this was his, I guess, his uh, most famous book. It came out in 2004. It was called Your Best Life Now. And he gives seven steps to living at your full potential. And step number seven, I'm going to draw a contrast to what he says to, in many ways, what we're going to see here in the Beatitudes. Step number seven is to choose to be happy. And he's, he talks about every day that you wake up and you have to make the decision. You can either be an Eeyore or 
you can be happy. You can be someone that has made the choice to live for the Lord. And it's very easy, maybe in a time period such as this, that you have chosen to be an Eeyore. You have kind of gotten in the habit, the routine, of not, um, of, of not choosing to be happy. Now, I share this because in Matthew chapter 5, the word blessed is going to be used eight times. That word can also be translated as happy. So when Jesus comes out and says, blessed is the children's sermon we talked about. Blessed are the pure in heart. What that means are happy are those who are pure. Happy are those who are poor in spirit. Happy are the peacemakers. I believe what we're going to see here this morning is Jesus isn't so much telling us to choose to be happy. He's saying, you as a saved person, someone that has Jesus Christ in your heart, someone that has been born again by the Spirit of God, your condition, meaning your DNA, is blessed. You are blessed, not because anything you chose. You're blessed because of what Jesus has done. There's a huge difference. So whether or not tomorrow I wake up and I'm an Eeyore, even if I do act like I've lost my tail and I'm an old donkey with a, a bad attitude one day, and I'm griping and complaining, and it's easy to do that. If you watch the news, you will find yourself going negative. I'm convinced, it's not, and you know this too, you will be stirred up and riled up, and you're, you're angry and mad. You want to take action. You want to do something about it. Well, it's obviously, news folks trying to get you, they want that emotion. Negative news sells. But Jesus is telling us, you as a believer, if you want to grow spiritually, you want to go deep in your walk with, in your relationship with Jesus, you are blessed because Jesus has saved you. It's not conditional. Meaning, it's not, you're not blessed on Sundays and Mondays, but on Thursdays and Fridays, you're an Eeyore. You're blessed because you're saved. And because you're saved, Jesus Christ wants to live your, He wants you to live your life happy. And what comes and flows out of you should be a blessing to other people. The Sermon on the Mount, what he's going to do in these next five, six Sundays, we're going to look at this. He's going to say, back in the Old Testament, this is what the Old Testament says, but I tell you, I'm going to take it another step farther. Here's how you, as a Bible-believing Christian, should live your life. It should be different. When people see what you put on social media, it should be different. When people hear your language, when people talk to you, it should be different. Your attitude, your demeanor, it should be different. It's, it's a condition of who you are. Alright, Matthew chapter 5 verse 1. When he saw the crowds... He went up on the mountain, and look at this, he sat down. 
Jesus' most famous sermon, what does he do? He pulls up a chair. I don't know if they had chairs back then on the mountain there. Let's see a Galilee. He's sitting down. Thousands of people are out there. And he's about to teach them the Sermon on the Mount. He's sitting down. His disciples come to them. And he began to teach them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. He gives eight blessings here. Here they are. Eight. The first four are about our relationship with God. The, the last four are about our relationship with others. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Look at this. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Do you know who the poor in spirit are? The poor in spirit. He's not talking about poverty in regards to money. He's talking about your attitude. The man who realizes he doesn't know everything. He can't solve every problem. He's someone with a humble heart who realizes without the Lord, without God, I am depraved. I am spiritually bankrupt. So if I want to experience the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, it's not going to be because I do anything. It's going to be because God, through His Son Jesus, has given me that. You know, in many ways, this coronavirus, guys, we're helpless. Our, our solution, I mean, you're going to the top doctors in the world, and all they can tell you to do is wear a mask and stay six feet away. That's it. There's no cure. There's no solution to this. But we, everybody, and we end up fighting over masks. It ends up being a war over this thing right here. And about how close you stand to someone. Because no one knows what to do. That's poor in spirit. When we approach the Lord, we're sinners we can't save our souls. The kingdom of heaven, we can't earn our way into heaven. God saves us when we approach the throne of Jesus in a humble heart and say, Lord, I am a sinner. Only you can save me. I am spiritually bankrupt. I'm helpless without God. That's the first beatitude. What are beatitudes? They're declarations. It's statements that Jesus is making. He's setting up for this greatest sermon. Number two, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. There's a lot of mourning going on. There's a lot of death. A lot of people are fearful. But we know, even when someone dies, guys, you're, if you were saved, if Jesus is in your heart, your last breath on earth, you breathe your last, is your first breath in heaven. Immediately, we as believers, because of what Jesus did on this cross, we step into eternity with God. And children, that's why it's important 
that you give your lives to Jesus while you're young. We do not know. Teenagers, that's why it's important when you, when you go to school, wherever you go, you're living for, Je for, the, for Jesus. We do not know what the, our future holds. We are not promised tomorrow. Sherry Osmond's grandmother could likely die this week. Last Sunday, she did not have COVID-19. She was out and about going, she shops at TJ Maxx. I don't even know if there's a TJ Maxx here. Like, so anyway, that's where they're, TJ Maxx are down there, that's where she goes and probably shouldn't have. She's just going about her day doing whatever. The next thing you know, she got the virus. Guys, that could be us. Here we are in worship this Sunday. Next Sunday, you could be in a ventilator in the hospital. We have no idea. And I don't say that to be fearful, to scare you. But the point is, Jesus is telling us that our lives are in His hands. Now, we need to be prudent. But we don't need to be fearful. There's a difference. You do not live in fear as a believer in Jesus Christ. He has saved your soul. If I die, I go to heaven. I was saved when I was 15 years old. When were you saved? When did you give your life to Jesus? Young children, when did you trust Him and bow your heads and pray and ask Christ to come into your life? Man online, when did you give your life to Jesus? We should be able to answer that question. You could be one of those statistics. Verse, verse 5. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You know, there will never be social justice here on earth. Justice is with the Lord. No matter how hard you fight for a just world, there will always be injustice. And here it is. People are hunger and thirsting for just justice and righteousness. But because we live in a sinful, fallen world, Jesus is saying it won't happen. I mean, you, you, we, we, won't, we, we support justice. You, you want righteousness. We want to live righteous lives, but final justice will be at the judgment of God. Keep going here. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And I want to tell you, this time period, I want to invite you to extend mercy to others. The political division, the coronavirus division... The sports division, I mean, there is, you can just pick a side. I mean, you could fight whether or not it's right to open church next month. Some of you are, might be thinking, what's taking so long? And others are thinking, I can't believe we're doing this. I'm going to talk to David Homelong about that. It's our chairman deacons, in case you'll notice. I mean, it's just, where do you land on this issue? This is a season where you have to extend mercy to other people to your employer to your educators i might disagree sherry i might disagree about being we're now homeschooling teachers many of you are teaching school too it's not because we wanted to it's because they're not starting school back it's online that causes problems for working folks we as believers Instead of going online and griping and complaining about it and just going about all of our inner circles, complain, 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 and being an Eeyore, we have 
to extend mercy. Christ calls us to. Look here in your Bibles. Keep going. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You will be blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you. Because of who? Because of me, Jesus says. Those Christians right now in California that we just prayed for, many, in many ways, they're getting persecuted. Why? Because they're standing for Jesus. And the Bible tells us that will happen. If you believe in this book, if you make a bold stand for the Lord, you will receive persecution. Be glad or rejoice because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Flip back in your Bible to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. It's only six verses. I want to read the first three. Psalm 1, 1. Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes starts out based on Psalm 1. Psalm 1 says, how happy, that word is blessed right there. It's an interchangeable word. How blessed is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Do you know where the, the company of mockers is what I call the critic? You, anyone, especially now, can sit off to the side and just criticize, 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 criticize. That's a mocker. Christ does not call us to be a mocker. You can mock anything today. And I want to tell you, I get into that. It's so easy to become a mocker. Jesus is asking us to rise above that. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. And he meditates on it day and night. That means day and night. You know how we were talking about that devotional life at the beginning? Day and night, you are taking your daily life and you, in the morning and in the evening, you are thinking about, you are reading about, you have a, a daily discipline that involves God. And look at this verse. Last verse I want to read here this morning. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit. In its season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Look at that verse there. Whose leaf does not wither. Has your leaf withered this morning? Are you dried up? Have, are, you, are you here this morning? And honestly, you were just beat down. You're tired. You're exhausted. You've lost your energy your drive, your compassion, you're out of your routine. You're just not happy. You're the Eeyore. Jesus is asking you, don't wither. Be that plant in verse 3. Be that tree that's planted beside streams of water. Streams of water in your life is Jesus. It's your daily 
weekly routines that grow spiritual. All right, I'm going to put two things, a couple things up here on the screen. Spiritual growth is never automatic or guaranteed. Did you all know this? Christians don't naturally drift towards growth. You, this past five months in quarantine, I promise, if you have not been intentional, you have not drifted towards spiritual growth because it will not happen. It doesn't happen because you're not intentionally preparing for spiritual growth. Or if you're not intentionally preparing for spiritual growth, you're unintentionally preparing for spiritual drift. And there's a lot of believers that are just drifting along. Many of you online have just drifted along. You're just out there. You're saved. Jesus loves you. You've been born again, but you have drifted. Back in the old days, you were called a, they called it a backslidden. You've just, you have stepped back spiritually. And you're in need of renewal. You're in need to go deeper with Jesus Christ. Drift, look at this, is Eeyore going through life losing your tail. And you lose your tail, my God, where, I don't know, just, you know. I have a, where, where, I have a picture of Eeyore, show you what it's like. Do we have that picture? Oh, no, we, we don't have the picture. Has a picture of him, his tail falls off and he, you nail it back on. And it's just like he just he just wanders around looking for his tail, just drifting, just just an old donkey. Just pitiful. Guys, Jesus Christ does not call you and I to drift. We are not drifters. Here, we've got three things here. I'm gonna fill fill in the blank in your bulletin. What does Jesus want with the Beatitudes? What is he what what is what's our takeaways from this? Number one. He wants you to flourish. Stop surviving. Flourish is what he tells us to do. John 10.10 10 says, A thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life. The devil wants to destroy you. Steal, kill, and destroy. Stolen it from you. Jesus is saying, I've come that you may have a life and have it abundantly. Meaning there's no reason you shouldn't have an abundant life. The key to flourishing is obedience. We are obedient to God. When you choose to be pure and, and just and to, to live your life by God's standard, you will flourish. You say, how do I flourish, Daniel? How do I become I don't want to be, I want to be that tree that's planted next to the water. Maybe you've withered this morning. You've come in here, you're online, and you're just withering away. You want to flourish, you choose to obey God. Number three, what makes a blessing is God's relationship to you, not the benefits that come to you. Your condition is blessed. Remember, that's that word happy, meaning God, what He has done to you by you being saved, your condition as a saved Christian, that is your blessing. That is your identity. And because of that, you now live your life happy, blessed. 
This morning, I want you to answer this question. Are you planted next to a stream? Do you have deep roots? Have you been experiencing a deeper life with Jesus Christ? Or are you starting to wither? Are you drying up? Guys, this morning, these next four or five Sundays, if you, I worry, some of us, we're starting to get dry. We're withering away. The, the coronavirus pandemic, this month four or five now, it's taken a toll. And if you do not remember daily that you are blessed, you are happy, not because you've done anything, but who's saved you. Your identity, your salvation is in Jesus. Now this morning, you might be online here in our, in our audience, and you are not saved. I want you to respond to the gospel. It's no accident that you've tuned in and you're listening and hearing this. God wants you to have a deep well with Him. And I want you to pray and respond to what Jesus is speaking to you. So I want everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. Just like we did up here with children's sermon. You need to pray and respond and receive Jesus as your Savior. I did this when I was 15 years old, and I've been saved ever since. Will you do it this morning? Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Save my soul. I cry out to you. I call out to you. Lord, I don't want to wither away. I don't want to become an Eeyore. I'm blessed. I'm happy. Because of the cross. Jesus, thank you for saving me. I'm going deeper with you from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. If you prayed and received Jesus this morning, I want to hear from you. Send the church Facebook page a message. Shoot me an email. Call me this week. I'll be in touch. And I want you to know that the, if you trust in Christ as your Savior, Jesus saves your soul. That's the greatest thing. His arm is not too short. He doesn't just save for a week. He saves for an eternity. You get sick this week and die, you can rest assurance, the Bible says, that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You were saved because of Jesus. Let's stand together. David Dale's going to lead us in our song. We're going to close out our worship service with a song. I hope to hear from you. Let us know how we can certainly pray for you and, and let us know how we can respond to help you. The chorus for Jesus Loves Me. Let's sing it together. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Amen. God bless you.
How are you all? Oh, I'm sorry. 